By definition, an antenna is a metal whip designed to receive and transmit radio signals within a given area. It's BS in the Morning on KSLQ and Westplex 107.1. Do you know that's one of the, uh, the, one of the favorite songs of the smartest woman of the world? I can see why. Why? But why, does, why is it her favorite song? I don't know. She's already told me that's her favorite song. Paralyzer, Finger 11. You know, once again, you know, I have been to, I don't know how many, 30 or 40 Finger 11 concerts. I mean, I think they're up to their 18th album right by now. I mean, they're huge. Finger 11? Oh, they're huge. They're huge. I mean, like, if there's uh-huh. a hint, if there's a hint that they're going to be in a city on concert, people just buy out the tickets before they're even on sale. I mean, there's a there's a company that you can go into, and if you think like you know the Rolling Stones are coming to town, you can buy your ticket. You buy it's like the stock market. It's like buying options on stock. Only you buy options on ticket. And this company's called TicketOptions.com. And what you do is, if you hear there's a big group coming to town, and they're not available yet on Ticket Smasher, whatever that stupid website is that crashes she all the time. She hates the song, doesn't she? She loves that song. Hmm. Anyway, what I was saying is you, you go on to this ticketoptions.com and uh-huh. what you get is you get an option on a ticket. So if that group does come to the St. Louis area or whatever, or if you're going to travel to Chicago or San Diego or wherever, you have an option on that ticket. So you can buy the ticket. You can you know cash in your option and and then you get the ticket. It's Like I said, it's like the same thing with the stock market. You can buy an option on a stock, and which means you have the, the right to buy that stock, but you don't actually buy the stock. See, isn't that isn't that fascinating? Options and things like that, stock market. You Everyone know. has options, and oh, I think that's so interesting. I used to, actually, I, I don't because I don't play the stock market. I used to day trade. I have like zero gaming. Oh, it's not positive. gaming. It's it, there's a whole science to it. I know there is, and yeah. I don't have that in my mind. There's a whole science to it that whatever stock you buy that you think is going to could do well crashes, and the ones that are trash stocks do well. That's the science to it. It's counterintuitive. Buy the crappy stocks and you'll do okay. You know, it's just like I told you the story. I told you the story that once upon a time when I sold one of my businesses, I had $100,000, okay? $100,000. So I opened up a new account at Charles Schwab, and I go down and I see my, my broker. I go in his office. I go, hey, I want to. I want to take my. I got a hundred thousand dollars. I can put it on account with you here. I want to buy a hundred thousand shares of TWA, the airlines. At the time, TWA had been in bankruptcy. They came out of bankruptcy. They came out of bankruptcy. It was like six bucks a share, and the stock was down to like under a dollar. It was like ninety-eight cents a share. Okay, and he looks at me. and He goes, I won't allow that. I go, What do you mean you won't allow that? He says, You're a new a new uh, investor with us, and he says, I don't want to see you lose your money. And I go, I got $100,000 I can put an account with you. I want to buy 100,000 shares of TWA at $0.98 cents a share. He says, nope, I won't do it. A month later, that stock was at 6 <laughs> I would have had my $100,000 would have turned into over a half million dollars, and the jerk wouldn't let me do it. Because he's the expert. What do I know? I'm just some dumb guy. Is he actually allowed to do that? Tell you no? There are certain things, uh, like, for example, if you open up an account with a brokerage firm, there are things that, like, options, a lot of times they won't allow you to do that. They will, and, and there's a thing called, I don't know if you've heard this called, it's called, what's it called? 
a um, um, I've a, never heard of that accredited investor, and there are qualities. That's when they have the money in the bank. Well, no, 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 no. You have to have. Hold here. Someone is texting me. It's probably the smartest woman in the world who's complaining about. Uh, I should have listened to E. F. Hutton, right? Okay. Um, anyway, an accredited investor is a governmental accreditation. And there are certain things, matter of fact, if you listen to some radio ads, sometimes they'll talk about, hey, you can invest in blah, blah, blah. And then if you listen to the, or if you read the fine print, if you listen to the fine print at the end of the radio ad, you read the fine print in the, (laughs) right, (laughs) if you read the fine print at the bottom of the, whatever the ad is, it'll say it's open only to accredited investors. And you and me are not accredited investors. Let me see. Let me see if I can find the, C-A-C-C-R-E. D I T E D investor. So yes, this the like huh, interesting. Charles Schwab and people like that. It like let's see won the lottery. Um yes, it's it's through the it's through the Securities and Exchange Commission. Um producing more power in both understanding accredited investor. Here here we go. Here we go. Uh, what is an accredited investor? An accredited investor is an individual or a business entity that is allowed to trade securities that may not be registered with financial authorities. They are also entitled to this privilege access by satisfying at least one requirement regarding their income, net worth, asset size, governance status, or professional experience. In the U.S., the term accredited investor is used by the Securities Exchange Commission, SEC, under Regulation D to refer to investors who are financially sophisticated and have a reduced need for the protection provided by regulatory disclosure disclosure filings. Accredited investors include high net worth individuals, HNWIS. Did you know there was a term for that? Banks, insurance companies, brokers, and trusts. So in other words, if you, oh, here we go, Ren. Key takeaways. Accredited investors are those individuals classified SEC, blah, 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 blah. To become an accredited investor, certain criteria must be met, such as having an average yearly income over $200,000, $300,000 with a spouse or domestic partner, par, uh, partner or working in the financial industry. Uh, accredited investors are allowed to buy well, and invest in... I kind of dropped the ba- baby, didn't I? <laughs> right. Accredited investors are allowed to buy and invest in unregistered securities as long as they satisfy one or more requirements including income, net worth, asset size, government status, or professional experience. So you can't just, hold on a minute. Do I want to do this? Hold, let me just, hold on. Is this an ad? I don't know what this is. Let me just plug in here for a minute. I'll play this real quick. Isn't it wonderful that I can just, you know, play stuff off the internet? It's so wonderful. Let me see if this is going to play. Oh, this, this, this is an ad. Okay, this is an ad. Ad for Cadillac. Of course it's for Cadillac because it's for accredited investors. Be iconic. The all-electric. New Cadillac. Okay, here we go. Uh, oh, it's, it's one of these info An accredited things. investor holds a special status. Under Regulation D, the SEC defines accredited investors as those investors whose level of financial sophistication warrants a reduced need for protection. Essentially, accredited investors are knowledgeable and experienced enough to handle the risk that comes with investing in unregistered securities. Certain securities and private funds can be exempt from SEC regulation as long as they are offered to and bought by accredited investors. Typically, accredited investors are banks, insurance companies, employee benefit plans, trusts, or the right individual. For an individual to become an accredited investor, he must meet one of three criteria. He must earn at least $200,000 a year or $300,000 with his spouse in each of the past two years and expect to maintain the same income. 
He must have a net worth exceeding $1 million individually or in combination with his spouse. Or he must be a general partner, executive officer, or combination thereof for the issuer of a security. Employee benefit plans or trusts with assets exceeding $5 million qualify as accredited investors. The benefits of becoming an accredited investor lie in the ability to invest in certain offerings that are not available to common investors. Hedge funds being a prime example. They are complicated and risky, but that risk can mean higher returns. Companies that market their securities to accredited investors have more protection in the form of reduced liability. Anyway, does that give you a good idea what it is? And see, well, essentially what they're saying is... Basically what it's saying is I will never be a accredited oh, well, investor. But here's the problem. The problem is, to me, the problem is who is not an accredited investor? Me. And you. And, and you. Almost all people because... I see Timmy and Tommy <laughs> yeah, right. and Joycey and... Right. Very good. Yes. They're all out there. Because <laughs> once again... Yes, yes, yes. No, no. Yes. We don't... We don't qualify because we're average joes and josephines you know what i'm saying so no, uh -huh. in other words it's see this is the whole crazy thing and don't get me going on this this is a whole crazy thing you're the that, one that brought it up well, Why i know but that but me? what bothers me about this is and my example is i had a knowledgeable quote unquote uh guy who worked for a big you know uh investment firm charles charles schwab tell me i didn't know what i was doing when I did know what I was you doing. You have people tell you that all the time. Well, you know what? I look stupid. I act stupid. You know, you know, people think I'm stupid, no, which, the, which no, is true. No, I Wh disagree with no, that. No, which is true. Okay. No, but but see, you listen Whatever. to what he said, and he said hedge funds. Okay. That's how all these people are making money. I mean, they invest. What, by building car washes? No, but no, no, no. But that, they invest in stuff like BlackRock. BlackRock is one of the big companies. And see, what's interesting is you get a company like BlackRock that comes along, and they get so powerful they just, What's BlackRock? That's this big investment group. It's like a m hedge fund. And the interesting thing about it is, you know where a lot of the money comes from that's in BlackRock? It Marijuana. Comes, no. <laughs> well, now it may be. But it comes from, from pension funds and things like that. Most teachers' pension funds are invested in... you were going to say something about that. No, no, no. They're invested in BlackRock. Now, what's BlackRock doing? This is the interesting thing. This is how it comes back. Okay, most teachers... Are I have to look at that. I think most most teachers' pensions, there's a lot of teachers' pensions that are invested in BlackRock. Now, here's what's interesting about that is, you know what BlackRock is doing right now? No. They're going around the country buying single-family houses. And to a certain extent, that's part of the reason why over are the last... Are they fixing them up? Well, that's what they're doing. See, oh. over the last year, you know, like we had, you know, like a year ago, the real estate agents, you list your house, you know, and the real estate agent would list your house. And two hours later, there'd be 40 people at your front door. Hey, that guy, you listed your house for $300,000. I'll pay you three fifty, dollars and oh, I'll pay three seventy-five. dollars I'll pay four. dollars Well, evidently, it's, it's not as hot as that, but it changed. It, it's still pretty. Right, it changed. It's pretty not, steppy. It's not like it was. It's not like I mean, people are actually, you know, you list their house for a price, and they're having to reduce the price and stuff like that. Okay, so what happened was part of that was BlackRock because BlackRock's going and buying these houses because they don't need to have a loan. Matter of fact, I remember there was a story, and you're going to laugh when I tell you this, there was a story on NPR. There was a story on NPR about a lady uh -huh. who her parents uh, remortgaged their house and her parents were up there in years and their parents remortgaged their house and somehow or another they defaulted on the loan and the house was foreclosed on and BlackRock bought it. And how did they buy it? They bought it at a at a bankruptcy auction on on the on the courthouse steps. And she said 
a lady showed up, very nicely dressed young lady. She showed up and she had a briefcase and she set up a little desk. She had like this, you know, like she shows up, she's got a little desk and it was sort of sunny that day. She's got one of those little tents that she pulls up and they were auctioning off these, uh, this is in California, they're auctioning off all these houses. This lady won every auction and in her briefcase were cashier's checks made out to the county or whatever who was auctioning off in various increments like ten thousand, twenty-five thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand dollars. So if she bid on house A and the auction went for four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars, she just pulled out four hundred thousand dollar cashier's checks and a twenty-five thousand dollar cashier check and she bought it on the spot. Next auction, you know, okay, this house, you know, auction goes to three seventy-five. She pulls out, she wins. She pulls out three hundred thousand uh, dollar cashier's checks, a fifty thousand, and a twenty-five thousand. She bought that one too. It was BlackRock. So the lady tried to buy the house back from BlackRock. And, oh no, no, no! You can rent it from us. So she rents her parents' house because she loved the house and she was in love with the house and the whole bit. Had you know, she grew up there. She rents the house. First year, decent price. Second year, the rent goes up by like thirty percent. Third year, the rent goes up another thirty percent. So, and like fourth year, she would have see, been paying when, double. When people do that, I just think shame on you. But once again, but see, here's the point. The point is, you say shame on you until you find out that's where your your pensions invested. You go like, wow, these guys are making money. Go, 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 go. Get what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, but having to rent your your mom's house. I, I agree. I and could- then them. Forcing the rent up, Shelly. That's just unfair, Shelly. I'm a weirdo. Okay, you know that in many respects. I just happened to be in the right place, in the right time last week, where I was at the county government center in St. Charles, and across the street from me is the county courthouse, and across the street they were having auction on the courthouse steps. Uh huh. And this is not the first time I've done this. I've gone to ones in St. Louis County. I've gone to ones in St. Charles County. I've gone to ones in uh, Franklin County. And to me, it is so sad that somebody's house is essentially being foreclosed on by the banks. And there are people, you know, just, and and most of the time, it's all these professional investors. It's these guys who are the accredited investors. And what do they do? A lot of times they buy the house, put a little money in it. Sometimes they don't put any money into it. And they either flip it or they rent it. And then it becomes rental property. So there's one house. I mean, there's places right now, I can tell you in the St. Louis area, I can tell you about neighborhoods where every single house in the neighborhood is a rental home. And sometimes sometimes it's owned by one guy. Every house, like on a block, is owned by one guy. Now, for the guy who's doing that, you know, he's making some bucks. You know, he's living the life. All sorts of tax advantages to buying property, especially like apartment buildings and things like that, renting them to people. You know, sometimes they don't keep them up. Sometimes they do. But, you know, there's an advantage that Warren Buffett years ago said he thought the best investment that could be made was buying single-family houses and renting them out to people. But he said he couldn't figure out how to scale it. And the idea being is you have to have a property manager for X amount of houses. You have to have a maintenance guy. Because when you're renting, you know, when the furnace goes down, it's not your problem. You know what I mean? Like if you're in an apartment complex and the furnace breaks, hey, not my problem. Call the, you know, the landlord or whoever, the property manager. Hey, my furnace is broke. Okay. So, but what are, the, are these other companies? What they're doing is they're hiring guys they're, and they give them a truck. They, you know, they hire these guys. They're, they got their HVAC license. They know how to do electrical work. They know how to do. They know how to patch walls and replace locks and things like that. And that's all they do. 
So Warren Buffett didn't do it, but these BlackRock guys do it. And their spots, like I can tell you cities, like in North County, you know, we, we talked about that not too long ago. North County had a situation where I think it's some incredible number, like 60 to 70% of the houses in North County, which used to be owned by individuals, are now owned by companies and their rental homes. Now, once again, what's interesting about this is you go to other countries, nobody buys their, nobebody owns their own home. You know, I mean, everybody lives in an apartment building or, you know, a high rise or something like that. I mean, that's part of the problem what's going on like in, in, in Ukraine. You know, there's all these poor people that live in these high-rise apartments, and the Russians are sh- shooting missiles through them and hitting them with mer- artillery shells and flying drones into them, you know, and killing all these people and destroying these, you know, these people's homes. I mean, you go to New York City, nobody owns their home in New York City unless you're like a mega millionaire. I mean, you know, what I read the other day, they said the like a, 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 a 600-square-foot apartment in Manhattan starts at $5,000 a month. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the house you can have here in the St. Louis? Can you imagine if you're making a $5,000 a month house payment, you can live in a McMansion in St. Charles County. I mean, you can have like probably, a, you know, a 10,000 square foot house in St. Charles we County. We could live in Nellie's house. Well, 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 Nellie's house only went for, what was, when we had, we had Angie Harness on here, what'd she say? It went for like a million dollars or something like that? It was on like 14 acres or something like that. Yeah, I, I can't remember, but I, I think it was more than a million. No, nah, I have to look it up. You know, it's all over the place. 680 something thousand. No, no. Let's call Angie. Talk to her. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do you want me to make that happen? No. Okay. It's, <laughs> I don't want to put you in a bad way. It's, it's six. Nice, Brad. It's 633. Ah, yes. Megan Trainer. I won't go any further. 637. Good morning. She's just as cute as she is when she sings. I'm telling you. You know, her, you know what? She called me the other day and she wanted to know if I would be her cabana boy. I'm going. And then, I could see you in a thong. And then Tulsi Gabbard wants me at her place. I'm telling you, you know, it's tough when you're in demand. Okay. Well, <laughs> you do have rent me for a day. That's right. Okay. Uh, Mike Otten sends me the most interesting things. Let me see if this. He, I can see that. Let me see if I can play this. Hold on. Let me see if I can play this He's video. He's so funny. Hold on. Let me see if I can play this. Okay. Marty is on the loose. Those who live in the Northeast U.S. may have seen Marty before. The tall robotic assistants with those googly eyes are used at grocery stores, hotels, and warehouses to spot garbage, accidental spills, and to keep businesses tidy. They usually stay indoors, but not this Marty. It was seen trying to escape a giant food store in Pennsylvania. A shopper got footage of Marty out taking a stroll through the parking lot and getting fresh air. Just look at Marty go. Sadly, Marty's wild ride didn't last long. An employee ruined the fun and pushed it back into the store and back to work. Sorry, Marty. There's no slacking off when you're on the clock. This is Inside Edition Digital. <laughs> it, it, you know what I'm talking about? The, they have them at Schnooks. What do they call them at Schnooks? The Schnookies? I, I have no idea. Do you know, don't you know what I'm talking about? No. There are these robots that go up and down the aisles. You never seen this before? Oh, yeah. Like one of them goosed me. It was weird. <laughs> okay. I'm not lying. Hold on. Let me second break. <laughs> I'm going to write this down. Yeah, please, please play that one. Break. Second it's break. So um, funny. Four minutes in. Okay. Second break. Four Stop minutes it. in. Stop it. Okay. <laughs> 
one of okay you know what i'm talking about there are these robots that roam the aisles that go up and down the aisles and they and their primary thing is to is to do inventory control they scan the shelves and they look far far out of stock places and they automatically in other words and i have to tell you a funny story too i was in wally's on of all places on sunday i you know was going out to the crap transmitter site and i was driving out there early sunday morning anyway uh let me finish this one. Okay, Schnooks has them, and they go up and down the aisles, and they take inventory. And this one, the Schnooks ones are only about, you know, three, four feet tall. This one at this store up in the Northeast, Giant, uh, is like six foot four. And the funny thing is, there's video of these people. It's in the parking lot, and it's, it's, it's running around between the aisles, and it's going up and down the aisles of the cars. It went out the door, went out the door of the store, and is going up and down the aisles in the parking lot. And then the video, if you saw that video, one of the employees, apparently somebody came in, hey, your robot's out in the parking lot. So one of the store employees goes out and pushes it back inside the store. <laughs> what's yeah, what's that move? kind of like how something that I would sound like when I was shopping. <laughs> So a robot goosed you? (laughs) No. (laughs) I was just joshing you. (laughs) Okay. Hold on a minute. Let me see. Let me hear this this guy. Let me see if I can. Let me listen to this for a minute. True. I spoke to Chris Chinock, who heads up the 8K Association and penned a paper on this very topic. You'll find a link to it down in the description. No, that's not what I want to hear. Okay. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) Thank you, Mike Otten. Yeah. You're such a funny man. Marty the robot. What do they call the guy at Schnooks? There's a name they have for him. Do you know do you know who that is? Somebody's gonna know who then what the name You're of the, the robot is. You're the one that has the Schnooks contact. I don't have a contact anymore. They won't talk to me anymore. I told you Dave Peacock screwed my whole deal with Schnooks. Who's Dave Peacock? You don't know who Dave Peacock is? No. Oh my god, if you're a football fan, he's like Mr. Nirvana. He's the guy Dave Peacock became the quote unquote Big dude at Anheuser-Busch when the Belgian people came in. After Imbev came in, they made Dave Peacock the, the you know, because when the Bushes were out, you know, when they got, when they booted Augie 3 and Augie 4 out, when they bought the company, they brought in, and I think Dave Peacock worked all there already. They brought him in as like, well, we're not, we're not, we're not running this from Belgium. We're going to put Dave Peacock in. And Dave Peacock, like, they they went in and they surgically implanted something in his head. So whatever he said, you know, normally Dave talked like this. Like Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, and normally Dave talked like I talk. But after, you know, they say, well, you know, we're putting in Dave Peacock. He's running this, this he's the guy in St. Louis. He's running the end. And her, we're not changing anything. So Dave, Dave Peacock does a press conference. Hi, my name is Dave Peacock. Those Belgian people that bought us, they're wonderful. The Bush family, they were terrible to us. They made us work long hours, paid us practically nothing. The new owners, the InBev people, they're wonderful. We love them. They're tremendous people. We think they're great. We will kiss their butts. Well, maybe Dave wasn't like that. But then after a while, they booted him out, and he became, he was the guy behind building the new stadium for the Rams. Remember, they're trying to keep the Rams and Stan Kroenke. Of course, once again, Brad could have saved Bravo them all. To him. Brad could have that saved that well. Yes, Brad could have saved them all that time and money. Because remember the story, I knew ten years ago, maybe it wasn't even longer than that, that oh, the Rams yes, Brad, were we moving out of St. Louis, and nobody would believe me. I kept telling him, "Hey, man, they're they're moving. 
No, they're not. No, we're going to keep them. You're no. just Brad Hildebrand. Yeah, they, You're well, just what Josh. Do I know? Yeah, all I know is someone from the Kansas City Chiefs called me up one day and said, hey, the Rams are moving. We'd like to run You know, we'd like to run Kansas City Chiefs on one of your radio stations. Well, the Rams are moving. How's that? Well, don't tell anybody, but we've got insert information. They've already told the league that they're going to move to Los Angeles. Stan Kroenke's moving the team there. And no matter who I would tell – People go like, yeah, right, they're going to move to Los Angeles. They're not going to move. They're here. So Dave Peacock and his group of his band of merry men. His merry band right, of gentlemen. He's, they put together this goofy idea of building an outdoor stadium right next to the river, you know, in North City. Okay. With a bunch of vans. Let me think about that for a minute. They're going to build an outdoor stadium. Remember, the the games are usually played, you know, in the cold weather, not the beginning yeah. of the season. September and October is still pretty good, but November, December, and now they're playing in January. It's pretty cold. They're going to build a stadium in North City, and people are going to love to go to North City to drive their cars there and sit in the parking lot while they're freezing and drinking $30 bill, uh, $30 beers. Somebody's throwing a brick through their window of their car to steal everything out of their car. Yes! Doesn't that sound like a great thing? Yes. No, and it stop doesn't. stop by Crown Candy. What's that? Stop, stop by Crown right. Candy. Only if you have your Kevlar underwear on. Uh, so, anyway. I've actually been there. It's lovely. Yeah, except once you get outside, you know, you got to make sure that, that you know, you, every once in a while you got to duck because the bullets are flying all the time. Oh, see, I I don't know, really know if it's like that. We we would perceive it like that, but I don't really think it's like that. Can I tell you a story which I've never told before? Sure. Y- years ago, I was going down to the convention center for the home show. Uh-huh. And, you know, like... Mr. Brave guy, I'm, I hate to park in parking garages. I hate to pay for parking. So I, I, I drove you up. Park and, on the street, I, five miles away. Right. I parked on the street north of the convention center. And as I'm walking down to the convention center, this lady's driving up the street. And as she's driving by me, somebody shoots out her window of her car. I mean, I heard the, the shot go off. And literally, the bullet goes through her window and explodes because on the newer cars, it doesn't happen as much. But on your front car, windshield it's laminated and on the side windows it's tech is technically it's typically tempered which means if like something hits it it just falls in little tiny pieces and the reason they don't do that in the front windshield is you get hit in the front windshield you don't want all that glass coming back at you but on the side windows typically now they've changed that because of airbags but that's a whole nother story but the window explodes and I, she stops and I, for a minute, I went like, what the hell was that? And I walked over to her. I go, are you okay? And she goes, I think somebody just shot out my window. I go, yes, they did. So I get rid of my phone, dial 911. Cops show up. You know, the dam's like, okay, are you hurt? No, I'm not hurt. Lady, poor lady. And she says, I'm just frightened. Yeah, well, you know, it's North City. Yeah, hey, we'll take a report. Okay, okay. You need to go get your car fixed. Here, here is a report number. Uh, turn us in your insurance company. You'll get a new window. Okay. Hey, bye, ladies. See you later. Thanks for coming to downtown St. Louis for the home show. <laughs> I, I mean, can't believe that that happened. I they swear. could have been shooting at you. <laughs> it could have been. I mean, I don't know where the bullet came from, but it was one of these things. You heard the shot. And it came from like over my right back shoulder, and then her window explodes. Okay, guess what? Somebody shot at her car. I mean, there's all these. Or you, are me? I don't know. Well, that's not the first time I've been shot at, but that's a whole other story. You know, it's like, it's like, I don't, you know. And the crazy thing about it is, still to this day, 
it's like you listen to the mayor. It's like, oh, no big deal. Oh, things are fine in the city. And the alderman, you know the alderman in the city of St. Louis? You know what their, their, first, their first bit of business when they went back in a session? They're no. doubling their pay. Doubling their pay. I'm sorry, what? The aldermen are doubling oh. their pay. They're going from like thirty six thousand. City. Yes, they're they're going from like thirty six thousand dollars a year to seventy two thousand dollars a year. They're doubling. And they took away that requirement that if you work in the city, you live in the city. No, that's not. That's still in in, in force for the cops. I don't. I don't. I don't. Like they changed it. You can. I think after ten years on the force, you can. I had a guy. God, I don't want to tell the story. Um, Rab Rob, I'll, I won't mention his name. Rob, who was a St. Louis City police officer who worked part time for me. I don't want to tell that story. It's too depressing. Okay. We have to take a break. <laughs> okay. It's 648. Are you okay? Yes. It's BS.show 653. You know what? I just found out that something interesting about Schnooks. They have two different kinds of robots. Okay. They have a male robot and a female robot. And the, are they anatomically correct? Well, I don't know about that. I've never seen them with their with their parts exposed. But um, <laughs> the male realm robot is named Schnooky, and the female robot is named Schnookums. Is that a joke? <laughs> no, it's serious. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it's serious. Seems like Schnooks to me would be a store that would have. One unisex type of robot. No, there's two of them. There's, I'm telling you, next time you go to Schnooks, you look the way they're dressed. You can tell. You can tell. See, Schnookums has a little bit of makeup on, and you know, like, like, see, humans are exact opposite of of animals. Did you know this? You know what I'm saying? Did you know in humans, the pretty ones are the females. At least yes, they used to be. I know what you're going to say. And the ugly ones are the males. But in Animals, like for example, cardinals. The uh-huh. male is the red one; he's the pretty one, and the female cardinal is like brown. She's not very good looking. She is too. No, she's, she's just a little different. Yeah, well, she's brown, and she does. You know, she does. You know, I mean, come she on. She has red on her too. No, she doesn't. She doesn't have any red. She on totally her. does. No, Brad. see, and and this is what's interesting because because now, did you know about this? There's a there's a movement to to essentially boycott the cardinals because they just have male male cardinals on their bat. First off, PETA is saying, that's terrible. You're making those birds sit on the bat. Birds, crap. Birds, Stop it. birds would never sit on a bat. <laughs> now the transgender community is going like, well, it's I terrible because no you only have male cardinals on the bat. There should be a female cardinal because there's two cardinals on the bat. There should be a male and a female cardinal and a transgender cardinal and a, a you know, whatever cardinal, you know? Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Things have just gotten. I hear some of this stuff on a daily basis. I I listen to NPR. Sometimes I listen to NPR just to just to be just like to make yourself mad. Well, no. Sometimes you hear this stuff, and it's like it's like so bizarre. You know, I mean, it's just so weird. It's like okay, alternate universe kind of stuff. But then you run into somebody that's like like who's a big NPR. Oh yes, I, I, everything. And the new gal who who does the noon show. Okay. I have to tell you, the noon show, because it was pretty good. They had local people on. They'd interview. You know, they had some interesting stories. She's like the lady from Saturday Night Live. She talks like She's this. what? She's the lady from Saturday Night Live. You know the Saturday Night Live uh, 
Saturday Night Live bit with with sweaty balls, you know, with the two NPR ladies and and Alec Baldwin, where they they yes. they both talk like this. Oh yes, and they have that breathy voice like that, and they talk like that. That's how they talk. That's how the new lady on at noon on at KWMU talks. She talks like this, and it's like okay, it's like. Does she not want people to hear her? She's like, I'm She's whis- like the elevator beautiful music <laughs> I'm, person. I'm whispering so I don't bother anybody. I, I don't want to wake anybody up. We don't want to wake any of our listeners up. Well, we're probably telling <laughs> her to keep quiet so they can do their other shows. Right. She's, <laughs> Could you hold it down in there? We're recording right. in here. No, they've got, they've got expensive studios that cost them $250,000 a studio just to soundproof. Did you know that? Quarter million dollars a studio is soundproof. And they're Neumann U87 microphones that cost $4,000 a piece. Of course, they could have, no, they cost $5,000 a piece. They could have bought them on Amazon for $32.95, but instead. I'm trying to redecorate with a $100 budget. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, they're, and they're talking into their $4,000 microphones. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> See, once again. Jelly much? NPR and PBS, we have no need for them anymore. We really don't. Brad. No, it's ser- no, it's no, no, and, and no. you know what you know what KWMU is doing. La, 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 I told la, you the story. La, 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 la. They're go they're going union, but rather. I'm sorry, than- did you say something? Yes, I said they're going union, but rather than going with the union that everybody else is going, like around the country, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, they're going like they're, they're pipe fitters union. I'm going like, okay, they work at NPR or they work at KWMU. Why are they joining the pipe fitters union? I don't, maybe it's stronger, I, who, who, or I'm, maybe um, they get better benefits with I, it. I don't understand. Why would you join a union? That would be like when you worked at, at for the FA. Were you in a union? Yes. What union were you in? Uh, pass. Pass. Professional Airway System Specialist. There's a union called that. Yes. Is there still a union called that? Yes. Hold on. I don't. I think. I think you're giving me BS. I think you just made that up. It's a, it's a union for technical operations. I think you just made that up. I think that... See, you do that to me all the time. You give me the... I, I, that I ask, is one thing I don't do. <laughs> <laughs> for you to... <laughs> Hold on a minute. Congratulations, buddyhead. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt that one right in the gut. Congratulations, butthead. Congratulations, butthead. Oh, God. God. Oh, man. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say again? No. (laughs) Yes, come here, flipper. Come here to your Aunt Shelly. Come over. When he hears this mighty sound, here I come to save the day. You're too late, dude. Late. The day's already ruined. It's 6:59. I meant no disrespect. Here's your weatherology for It is BS. Show. Very careful what we say on the air. That's a perfect example of that. Super edited Nelly version of that song. No nasty words at all allowed in this radio station. 707, good morning. Uh, BS.show. Shelly, you're not going to believe what happened last night. What? I sent an email to WB8ELK. That's Bill. Because I've been researching the fact that we're going to put our own balloon up. You know, uh-huh. our, our balloon around the world. Yes. Guess how much the little module which uh, which goes on the balloon, which 
you know, tells where the balloon, where it's at. It, it, it transmits every two seconds and gives uh, its altitude, its, its, uh, you know, its position, and it automatically turns itself off when it's over countries that we don't have an agreement with, which is like North Korea and things like that. The module with my call sign already in, in you know, put into it. He's going he's gonna to essentially burn my call sign into the thing. $169. Really? Yeah, 169 bucks. So that's the module. Then you Wh- need a which little... Which call sign are you going to use? K0SLQ. That's, see, it's ham radio stuff. I'm, I'm legally... I can do this. We can do this because I'm a ham radio operator. K0SLQ. Right. And uh, then I just need the little... There's a little solar panel you have to get. Matter of fact, I think I'm, I'll, I'll write him back and say, can you sell me the solar panel as well too? And then all you need is the balloon. And we're in business. We can have our own KSLQ balloon, and I got a tank of helium. I got that tank of helium that left over from from you know who. Um, you know, matter of fact, aren't too many people that have a tank of helium in their front in their front bedroom, right? <laughs> That's true. Right. There aren't that many people out there like that. Right. I've got. Hey, babe, come over to my place. I'll show you my helium tank. Oh, can I come over? Yes, come on over. <laughs> That's about Brad. Yeah. Anyway, so. For probably about really two hundred, nice probably for about two hundred bucks, we can put put up the BS balloon. Now we can't, we technically can't call it the BS balloon because of the fact that that you know it has to be a ham radio operator thing. It has to be the K zero SLQ balloon. But um, I sent this to my son. I'm going to call him again this morning. I sent this to my son, and now he's into this. Okay, and what's interesting is. He sends me back this interactive map, which is live. Okay, you can track these. This is what's so crazy about it is they shot down this this club's balloon. <laughs> They're pretty sure it's the it's the uh, the you know the what is it the F twenty two shot it down with a four hundred thousand dollars Sidewinder missile. All they had to go <laughs> was go to this website, and you can see all the balloons, and they're all over the world. It's crazy. Anyway, I send this to my son, so he looks at it, and guess what? One of the balloons, guess where it's hovering over? His house where? in Pensacola. What? Yes. Uh, he, he's here. I sent him this map. It's an inter- interactive map. I didn't even look at it. I just you know, I just looked at the United States. Okay, here's a balloon. there's balloons all over the place. So I sent him this this map. Here, let me find the email. The, the, and he sends me back, and I sent him a map, and, it, it's, and, and he says... Um, Hold on, where is this? Yeah, I sent him this stuff. He says, I sent him, I said, take a look at this, all this stuff. Matter of fact, I sent him this WB8ELK guy that's selling these modules. And his response is, you trying to see how many F-16s you can scramble? Well, he and, does have a valid question. And, 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 and then I said, I said, yes. And he says, did you click the link on that page with the tracker? W5KUB is in a holding pattern over his house. And it is. For some reason, the balloon is doing circles over Pensacola. This is another ham radio balloon. And this one's been around the well, world. Well, there is a naval squadron there. No, but these are... See, these are these are truly uncontrolled balloons. They are literally... the Wherever the atmospheric currents take them, that's where they go. And that's kind of how we should live our life. <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of flying along. No direction. Hey, we're... we're, no, we're like- 
kind of explains my life. It sort of explains this show. You know, I mean, it, just, <laughs> it just sort of just floats it's along. Just no direction. It's just like, eh, it's just whatever we want, we do, we do. <laughs> See, this is this is the anti-corporate radio show You're because funny. if I had Jeff, if Jeff Allen would still talk to me because, you know, they sort of screwed me, but that's a whole other story. But, yeah. So he won't. It should be you not talking to them, Brad. Right. He won't talk to me anymore. But uh, he would tell me. He, if he would, if we had an air check session with him, and let's say we did this show, and air check session is you, you know, you take a recording of your show and you sit in the office with the boss, and the boss goes through it minute by minute. Okay, he would if we gave him like a week to prepare for our air check session, he would have like forty-two pages of notes. Now, let me start with six oh one when you went on the air. Wrong, shouldn't have done that. You said this wrong. Blah 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 blah. And the reason we do this goofy show is, first off, Shelly forced me to do it. Second off, it's it's therapy for me because I can say weird stuff and nobody cares. And Well, somebody cares, but, you know, they're there and I'm here. Uh, and third off, it's like a third phalange to corporate radio because corporate radio is McRadio, which has taken over the country. And, like, even worse, like corporate, uh, you know, religious radio, like with EMF. One stupid format on 2,000 stations around the country, okay? No localism, like all these religious stations, except for the ones like here in St. Louis, and, you know, Joy 99, which I know you listen to all the time. Um, mm. There's no localism. There's no local news. I can't news. listen to them because uh, I drive appropriately. That's right. <laughs> anyway, go on. Anyway. I don't carry know. on smartly, sir. Carry on smartly, or dumbly in my case. Okay. I'm going to call my son and ask him about this. I won't wake him up now. I don't think he wakes up till. Well, maybe he does. He gets into work early. He's he's young. He can answer the phone. <laughs> no, he's he's young. He can't answer the he's phone. He's unlike me. He can't answer the phone till. Can't till, hear it right next to me. Till eleven. Okay, okay. I am going to say this, and I'm just going to say, Jane Fonda, shame on you. What'd she do this time? <sighs> There's this story. This guy, his name is Richard Lugner, L-U-G-N-E-R. He's a billionaire, okay? And he wanted to go to this thing called the, what's it called? The Vienna Opera Ball in Vienna, Austria, okay? Yeah. But he doesn't want to go by himself. So I don't supposedly blame him. he paid Jane Fonda five million dollars to go to the ball with him to be his plus one yes so she goes to the ball with him okay now here's what's interesting she thought it was just like an opera performance but it turns out that it's a ball where and it's a debutante ball and in fact the dress code for the ball was evening dress meaning floor-length gowns for women and white tie and tails for men no black tie it's got to be white tie no tuxedos it's got to be white tie and tails for men Okay, so she shows up in, uh, matter of fact, the award-winning actress said at the news conference on Wednesday that she accepted the Austrian building tycoon's invitation because he offered to, quote, pay me quite a bit of money. I'm going like, what is this? So then she finds out, and get this, Fonda said she needed to pay her bills and help her grandchildren, adding, I support a lot of people. Because you know what her net worth is? No. Her net worth is 200 million dollars net worth 200 million dollars a fifth of a billion dollars okay now keep in mind there are some of my vietnam veterans friends 
who have told me on numerous occasions, their goal, their singular goal in life is to outlive Jane Fonda and go to where she's buried and urinate on her grave. Because if you remember the Vietnam War, when yes. they were slugging through, the gener- slugging through the jungles, being shot at, she was in North Vietnam, you know, you know, you know, you know, cheering on the North Vietnamese, killing Americans. Yes, kill those Americans. We hate those Americans. And she's an American. Okay. The baby killers. So then she finds out. Now, Mary, it talks about the Vienna Opera Ball does feature some performances, but is essentially a large debutante ball for Austrian society. Their tradition goes back to the 1800s when the heads of state and government, the political and industrial elite, members of high society, and their guests attended. Okay, now get this. Here's the, the best part of the story. Then... After she found out the sponsor of the ball, she goes after the sponsor of the ball. The sponsor of the ball is OMV. You know what OMV does in Austria? No. They're an oil and gas company. They're an oil oh, and gas okay. company. Okay. Oil. So okay, she founds she finds out that the dude that invites her, they're going to a ball which is sponsored by OMV, an oil and gas company. So she says, get this, quote, I will quote this. These fossil fuel companies are criminal. They're criminal. They're killing people. They're killing the planet. <laughs> okay, now, let me think about this. As she's with this gentleman? <laughs> right, right. He, he's paying her like $5 million to be his, his date for a night in Austria at a ball, which turns out. out which turns out it's sponsored by it's sponsored by an oil and gas company. Now, let me think about this. Jane Fonda, she says, once again, she says, these fossil fuel companies are criminal. They're criminal. They're killing people. They're killing the planet. Of course, she went over there on a plane that was powered by solar panels, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Oh, no, hold it. Maybe, oh, maybe, maybe, it. maybe it was a boat that was powered by solar panels because she would not be using any fossil fuels to travel to Austria. You know what I'm saying? There's no way in the world she would be, because she's telling people that the gas companies and the oil companies are killing people, there's no way she would be buying their product or indirectly buying their product by being on, like, a jet. Do you think that she would dare? I mean, she's like, you know, she's like, what's her face? Greta. She's like Greta, who, you know, like Greta came over here, you know, to the United States on in some boat that, you know, I remember the guy, some, some boat that was had solar panels on it and, and the whole bit, and she talks about she didn't use any fossil fuels. And I read this article. This guy took the boat apart piece by piece and said, okay, you know, even though she was on a boat with no engine, you know, no no gas engine, the boat was made from, you know, this kind of composite, which uses oil and gas. <laughs> I mean, the whole boat was, in other words, the boat couldn't have been built without oil and gas, essentially what came down, lubricants, stuff like that. Okay, so here's Jane Fonda calling out the oil companies. They're terrible. She's was like... Was this after she had her date? Yeah. No, she's there. When she finds out... Oh, she, she's now? Yeah. No, she's not there now. This happened, oh. I think, last week or the week before. But oh, okay. after she's there, she didn't realize that, that... She thought this was like an opera, okay? That's what she thought it was. Well, it's part opera. They have a little bit of opera, but it's mainly a ball where the debutantes... It's sort of like the veil... Fi- Bill Profit thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Okay, so so the debutantes come out. So then she gets over there. She's like, like, and thinking to myself, wow, she really cared a lot about this. And I'm thinking to myself, she probably did all her research on this. The research, you know what the research she did? 
She wanted to make sure the cash, the the check cash, that's the research she did. She wanted to make sure the money made it into her account. That's all she cares about. But then when she's over there, she's dissing the sponsor of the ball because it's an oil company. And it's terrible. They're killing people. It's like Bernie Sanders. Was the man embarrassed? No, he's like 95. He's probably, you know, he's probably a a, a robotted, you know, it's probably, he's probably not his body anymore. They probably took his brain out and put it in, you know, in, 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 his head cryogenically. I guess. I don't know. I mean, the whole thing is sort of, she says, I got to support people. She's got a new movie out. You know, this goofy new movie she's got out. Have you heard this movie? It's called 80s for Brady. Do you know what you know what I'm talking about? No. It's this movie about her and a bunch of her girlfriends who are all in their 80s and their who was their who was their idol? Tom Brady. And it talks about them going to all the football games and trying to meet Tom Brady. Who's all, Tom Brady? The quarterback dude. Oh, okay. <laughs> Who's Tom Brady? <laughs> I, I you what you don't listen to KFNS? You don't listen to ESPN 101? Now, what do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> because I'm so up on sports. And, and I don't even, even know what a spread point, a point spread is. Oh, hold it. It's a true story. And she says, and the smartest woman says, it's a, it's a great movie. And then she says, STFU. STFU. What does that mean? She says that to me. STFU. Do you know what that means, Shelly? STFU? No, I don't, actually. Stufa? St- st- stuffu? Stuffu? I don't know what that means. Why? Why, why would her? Stuffu. Um, hold it. She just it's put a it. Stuffu. Super tangible, fungible, undone. What? Super tangible, fungible, undone. What is that? I have no idea. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so <laughs> okay. Here's a couple examples. When when Bernie Sanders was running for president. He's, you know, he's, t- he's another one. Hey, these oil companies are terrible. We need to shut them all down. Oil's terrible. And it's making the it's global, global warming, global warming, global warming. So one of the reporters at a press conference says, uh, Mr. Sanders, you talk about shutting the oil companies down, but yet you fly all over the country in a jet that uses lots of oil and lots of fuel. You know, he says, he says why is that? And Bernie says, what do you want me to walk? So once again, it's okay for him to criticize. And like his latest thing is his books come out. His book is about is about anti-capitalism. You know, he's a socialist. He thinks that everybody should have the same house. Everybody should have the same car. You know, everybody should, you know, there should be what's the DEI thing? Diversity, equity and and what's the DEI? Diversity, equity and and um, I don't know, inclusion or whatever the heck it is. Okay, Bernie's got a new book out. He's anti-capitalism. He's selling the book, and if you want to go to a private meeting with him, where he'll he has like a little, little one-on-one kind of thing, you can buy tickets for that event event on Ticketmaster at ninety-five bucks. Now, let me think about that for a minute. He's against capitalism, but he's selling a book, and then if you want to go see him in person, it's cost you ninety-five dollars. Okay, you see a problem with that? <laughs> What he's saying, he's against capitalism, which is, once again, capitalism is, a capitalist would be someone who writes a book and charges for it. A socialist would write a book and just give it away. And a socialist would say, hey, Bernie, can I meet you? Yeah, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning in my place. Come on down. But no, with Bernie, to meet him, you have to pay 95 bucks. And yet he's a government employee. How many government employees do you have to pay to go see to talk to? Can you think of any? 
I actually think that's illegal. <laughs> I'm going like, can you say hypocrite? I mean, I just, you know. Oh, I can say hypocrite about a lot of people. I just don't understand this crazy world we live in. How somebody, how Jane Fonda can, you know, and once again, it's like Al Gore. Al Gore, I remember one of my one of my aircraft buddies, <laughs> Al Gore, you know, talking about, hey, the, the, look at the, 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 the hockey stick, the the planet's going to burn up. It's going to burn up. And and once again, one of my friends who is an aircraft fanatic sent me a picture of Al Gore getting off of an old Learjet. This is a private jet that he chartered, but it's an older version. And the things just pollute like crazy. Because you remember, remember when you used to go to the airport, if you remember a long time ago, you go to the airport like 40, 50 years ago, when the planes would take off, you'd see all that black smoke out of the back of the airplanes. Remember that? Well, um, no. Well, it used to happen. 40 or 50 years ago, I was like... Remember when you used to drive, where you used to drive down a highway? I was like nine. Where you drive down a highway and you'd be behind a diesel truck and all that black smoke would come out of the diesel truck? Yeah, well, that, that happened just the other day. Well, that's some guy chipped his truck, but that's a whole other story. Okay. Things have gotten so good with the internal combustion engine. They've been run so incredibly clean nowadays. And once again, go back 40, 50, 60 years ago, where they pollute a lot? Damn right they did. Do they pollute a lot, a lot now? No, hardly anything. But yet we got Bernie Sanders saying, you can't have a car. You should have a bicycle. Okay, Bernie, then how come you're flying around the country in a jet? And Al Gore, how come you're flying around the country on an old Learjet that's like, an, you know, ready for the boneyard and you're flying around in your Learjet. How's that? You know, explain that to me. You know what I'm saying? I do. You don't. You don't care. Well, of course I care. Hold on. She's the smartest. I clearly one. don't care as much as Jane Fonda. She says, you are just jelly of the 90-year-old dude. I am jelly of the 90-year-old dude. See? For... <laughs> oh, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. She just sent me this. Let me see if I can play this. Here, let me see if I can play this. Oh, tickets. Oh, here we go. Tickets for the Opera Ball on February 26, 2023 went on sale at 10 a.m. on Monday, October 24th. The State Opera is looking forward to being able to set a welcome sign of more normalization of our social life with the most magnificent celebration of the Viennese ball season for the 5,000 visitors in the house and for an audience of millions on television after years of pandemic. At the same time, this opera ball is taking place at the time will pose completely new challenges. Many people in our country will be confronted with this winter. God, this whole crazy long thing. And it's got, it's, it's written in English, but it's translated. The Vienna Opera Ball under the sign of solidarity. And there's all the, oh my God, it's the, it's, oh, they do the dance. It's, it's the thing where the guys are like they're the, the the debutantes they walk down the thing and they're they're they have their hands in the air they have their hand uh, they're holding the hand of their you know the, the dude's holding the hand of his dudette and they're walking down and they're doing like the two-step kind of dance you know what I'm talking about I do yeah like at the wedding videos where you see people yeah. crash the wedding videos <laughs> there's nothing better than a good wedding to crash <sighs> I told you that can I did, I did I ever tell you the Craig Roberts story? Um, Coming up next, I will tell the Craig Roberts story. Okay? The story that you already told me? I've never told you the story before. Oh, okay, then yeah. <laughs> it's one of my radio buddies, okay? Yep. 727. It is BS.show. You know that band, that video. Did you know that? Collie Ray Jepsen's video? Why? They banned it. 
Why? Anti-gay. What? Have you ever seen the video? No. Okay. Carly Rae is like oogling over this guy. Okay. And apparently it's like his, like her next door neighbor. She lives like someplace and this is her next door neighbor. And he's like Joe Stud looking. You know, at one point in time, there's a part of the video where she's looking out her window and he's out cutting the grass. As he's cutting the grass, he gets hot and he takes off his shirt. And she's going, whoa. So she decides to attract this guy. She's going to sing her song in her garage. So she brings her band into the garage and they're singing. You think I'm kidding about this? I'm not. This is how the video goes. And so they're, they're, you know, they're in the garage and he's next door. So he comes over and he's sitting, sitting there, you know, sit, sitting there watching them do this song and she's singing her heart out and, and he's smiling and he's smiling and, you know, and she's going like, oh my God, I got him. He's here to watch me play my song. I'm singing the song and, and, I'm, and he's now interested in me. So they finish the song and he walks over to a dude in the band and gives him his number. Okay. So he's not interested in her. He's interested in a dude in the in the in the band. So it's been banned because it's anti-gay. That's not anti-gay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, gay people. How got is mad. that anti-gay? Gay people got mad. Say that's not right. That does not. That's not the way things happen. Actually, getting rid of it is anti-gay. Well, guess what? <laughs> so many things nowadays is to the point where, like, if you say something that's you know like. That's like Brokeback Mountain kind of song. I've never seen that movie. and you know I haven't seen it either. What's it about? It's about <laughs> a gay cowboy. Oh, is that what it's about? Okay. Off the air, you said something I want you to say on the air to me. Okay? Do you remember no. what you said off the air to me? Because I, I need this on tape. Will you say it? I don't know what I said. You said, you are so icky. That's what you said to me. Okay. Go ahead and say it. Three, two, one. You are so icky. <laughs> I got another good one. Okay. <laughs> Fifth break. Start. Okay. Okay. You're a man child. <laughs> I'm a man child. Get that one. <laughs> I'm a man child. Okay. Here's the Craig Roberts story. Once upon a time. Four-year-old. Once upon a time, a guy I used to work with at the old KSOQ, he used to work at KXOK, and that was our arch enemy back because, once again, KXOK was like the top top 40 station for a long time, and then KSOQ came along, and we kicked their butt, and they ultimately went out of business, okay? But for the time being, Craig Roberts, who was a 7 to midnight jock on KXOK, but on Saturdays, he worked from 3 till 8 in the afternoon. No, he worked 3 to 7, 3 to 7. He did a four-hour shift on Saturdays, 3, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. in the afternoon, afternoon and evening, okay? And his wife at the time, Robin, they the studios were at the in on the 16th floor of the Sevens building in Clayton. I don't know what's on the top of it anymore, but they used to have on what they called the top of the Sevens. Remember top of yep. the Sevens? They I have, absolutely do. They had a restaurant on one side, and they had a big party venue on the other side the entire time it was great view you go up there you're like you know i don't know it's 20 30th floor or something like that and you know you see you can see into downtown st louis it's an incredible view so yeah you go, it is. you go up there had lunch or dinner and it was great so almost every saturday at the time this was like the place to have your wedding reception if you were like hot stuff and had money you had your wedding reception at the top of the sevens yes you did so craig roberts and his wife robin robin would show up 
and Robin would drop him off at work at 3 o'clock. You know, we'd go on the air at 3 o'clock, and then she would come back to pick him up, but he would change his clothes, and he would change into a suit and tie because he's a disc jockey. When he's on the air, you can't wear a suit and tie in the air. You have to wear cutoffs and blue jeans, you know, cutoffs and a T-shirt. So, But anyway, he would dress into a suit and tie, and she would come in a dress, and she would bring a present with her. The only thing was, it usually was a box that had like a rock in it. There was really nothing in it, but it was a wrapped up present. And they would go upstairs and they would crash weddings at the stop of the sevens. Oh my God, that's so Curly Sue. (laughs) Almost every Saturday, they would be crashing a wedding at the top of the sevens. And Craig talked about... Oh, how funny. They would go through the reception line and, hey, hi, doesn't Jim look good? (laughs) They would try to, they would get some names of people. They would know, they would figure out because, you know, typically on the little, on the little, menu board or whatever when you went in it's like congratulations jim and 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 tony you know what i mean like some you know what i'm saying like so you know who the bride and groom was and and then they would somehow they would mingle with the crowd and they would say like like hey i i'm from the i'm from the the you know the the bride's uh, side of the family who are you well we're 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 the grandparents of, of of jimmy we're so happy he's married so they would sit down they would eat dinner and they would dance and the whole bit <laughs> that is actually so cute have you ever seen the movie curly sue no what's it about they do that on that movie well a good friend it's, of, it's an adorable movie they go to they they crash weddings they crash weddings they how they get there is uh the transportation is the back of a of a a garbage truck what yeah what how old is this movie it's like real old well, depends on what your idea of old is. Is it like 40 years old? Uh, a little bit younger than that, but yes. Okay. Uh, a good friend of mine got married. Pretty fancy wedding. Jewish wedding. You know, you know, nice oh, yay. hotel wedding. Matter of fact, at the time, it was a hotel in Clayton. Can't remember the name. It's not there anymore. It wasn't the Danielle, so don't worry about that. So, okay. So there were, after the wedding was over, they had a photographer. You know how the photographer goes around and he takes pictures of all the tables. You know, hey, yes. smile, you know. So they had one table that nobody could figure out who these people were. <laughs> nobody could. <laughs> and they were pretty sure it was like the same deal. It was like somebody who was staying at the hotel and they crashed. It was like... It was like three couples at one table, and <laughs> they passed the pictures around to the bride, you know, the bride's family. Do you know any of these people? No, I have no idea who these people are. They passed the pictures around to the groom's family. Do you know who these people are? No, I have no idea. Nobody knew who they were. So they weren't invited. They just showed up. Can you imagine that? Were they dressed appropriately? Oh, yeah, yeah. The women were nicely dressed. The men had suit and tie, you know, the whole bit. That's what Craig Roberts did. He put his suit. <laughs> that is so cute, actually. <laughs> well, actually, it's. I would do that it's, at least once. But it's stealing. It's stealing. You're not invited. You're stealing from those people because they're paying so much per plate. You know what I'm saying? Uh, hold on. Curly Sue, Jim Belushi, and Steve Carell, 1991. Thank you. Um, oh, smartest woman. Play ball. Smartest woman said she worked on 14th floor. She lunched at the sevens, top of the sevens regularly. Two bucks to park all day if you were in by 7 a.m. 1991, Curly Sue, Jim Belushi, and Steve Carell. I don't see. I don't know if there's there's a restaurant at the top of the sevens anymore. I don't know if what's up there. By the way, have you seen this? Surprise! It's still there. <laughs> well, the building. Yeah. Oh, that building is like the highest point in Clayton. 
Did you did you see this again where, you know, this is what amazes me. You see these buildings were built like hundreds of years ago, and they're still sitting there, and there's still nothing happens to them. There's a new problem with the county government center, St. Louis County Government Center. You know about this, where the walls are falling off again? You know what I'm talking about? No. Yes, the county government center, it's brick. The outside of it's brick. Yes. And, and the brick is shifting. They fixed it one time before, and now they're talking about having to do it again. It's going to cost $5 million. $5 million. Because what they have to do is they have to take the bricks off and they have to put the bricks back up. I'm going, okay, now that building can't be that old. I think it's like maybe 60 years old, built like in the maybe like, you know, 1960s or something like that. You know, it's not like super old, 60s, 70s, maybe, I don't know, maybe 50s. I don't know. I don't, I don't think it's back in the 50s, probably 60s and 70s. Think about that. You got buildings like, you know, that have been around hundreds of years. You go to Europe and some of the buildings have been there like for centuries. And we can't build a building that stands for 50 or 60 years. They had this happen once before where the wall, matter of fact, I worked in Clayton at the time. They had to close the sidewalks off because bricks would fall out. You'd be walking along and bulk a brick would fall out from like 40 feet in the air. Oh, where'd that come from? And then they had they, they went through and they tore all the bricks out and they put them back up again. Now they have to do the same thing again. Is that goofy? They had the same problem with with when when mayor, when Dan, Dan Borgmeyer took over as mayor of St. Charles. You know the deal about the about the city hall down there? No. City Hall, you know, City Hall in, in, in downtown St. Charles is right across from the county government center, and it's right across the street. You know, across the street yes, I is do. the county government it's center. It's copper building. Right, and, on, and across the other street, I don't know what the side street is, goes down to Main Street, the the county courts building is there, okay? Yeah, Dan Borgmeyer, the from the parking lot. When he took over uh, at the city of St. Charles as the mayor, he got hit with the fact that they hired an architect or a structural firm or something like that to take a look at the building, and they said it was going to cost like thirty-five million dollars to fix the building. I'm going like thirty-five million dollars. The building. Okay, w- well, how much would it have cost to level it and but build see, a new one? He took heat on that because he had a spot he wanted to move. I think it was him. I have to call him up and talk to him. I'll say, hey, Dan. 878 and he gave me the rest of the phone number. Remember that story? 9999. No, it wasn't that one. There was no that wasn't it. That was his was 6262. Anyway, oh. um he took heat over that because he wanted to move the city hall out off of 370. He had a big pot, you know, piece of land down there because see, why is it that government centers make it tough for you to go to them? Like if you go to the city of St. Louis, there's no parking there. You go to the county, St. Charles County, there's no parking there. St. Louis, uh, St. Louis County, no parking there. Franklin County and Union, no parking there. Why can't these people get smart and build it like a shopping center where you got a great big old parking lot? You know what I mean? You pull up, you know, hey, you park in the fourth row. No, but instead, no, you got to hassle with a parking. You know, you got to pay for parking. You got to parallel park. Matter of fact, I read something yesterday. A lady says that if she goes somewhere and she has to parallel park, she doesn't go there. She's like, I miss my parallel parker on my car. Your old car parked itself? Yes. Your new one doesn't? No. Oh, my God. I trade that thing in. Well, I'd the, get rid of it. I picked this one because the other one that I was looking at at a dealer over here yeah. had the ugliest interior i have ever seen in all my adult years shelly i'm not going to say anything bad about you but how sad is it that you decided not to buy a car because are you you complain about a car that won't parallel park itself 
I that I I don't know if it had that on there. I didn't buy that car. No, but what I'm saying is, you're complaining that your car doesn't park itself. My other one did, yes. So you've been spoiled. Yeah. You're as White bad. Privilege. You're as bad as Jane Jane Fonda. Excuse me. <laughs> you're as bad as Jane. Don't Fonda. you ever. <laughs> So you 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 wish you had your old car back. You, you need to take that back. I just did. I just sucked those words back in. So so you're telling me that your old car parked itself? Yeah. God. Parallel park. God. Have, yep, have it sure did. What if you had to par- parallel park on a on a one way street where you parked on the other side of the street? Will it do that too? Will it parallel park on the left side? I don't know. I don't have the car anymore. Let's get it back and see if it'll work. What? <laughs> Never mind. Do you ever do you ever see I've said this before and I've said this on the air. I've said it to people. I wish I had every car I've ever owned back again. Every single car. I have I, I have, can see that you would think that. I that have, you would want that. There is one car. That my son sold for me, which I am trying to find, and I think it's been crushed, and I would so upset. It, it would, I would, and today. I know which one you're talking about. I could probably get ten thousand dollars for it. Probably more than that. Yeah, and I'd so upset about it. my my mom. My mom gave it away to a junkyard at one point in time. One day I come over to my mom's house where I had it. I go, "Where's my car? Oh, I gave it away. You what? You gave it away? Yeah, I got a guy came and pulled away in a tow truck. You you had my car towed away." I go, who is she? Who, oh, and she goes, I don't know, some guy. So she probably, she finally remembered it. So I called the guy up. And I go, hey, man, I want my car back. Go, well, your mom gave it to us. I go, that's my mom, not me. I got a title on it. And you know what? If it doesn't show up in my parking lot in 24 hours, I'm going to call the police and say you stole it. 24 hours later, my car appeared. <laughs> Look at you all. <laughs> All bullying and stuff. Well, he stole my Stand car. Stand in your ground, buddy. He stole my car. He firmly it planted in the ground. See, that's that's why my mom muscles. See, they're that, tight, ready to rumble. That's right. That's why my mom. That's another reason why she hated me. She told me that she. I hate you. Stop it. She did. She said that. You stop. What? Because that was the disease talking. And one day she said to me, she looked at me in the face and she said, "You know what you are." And I go, I don't know, what am I? She says, you are our... That's what she said to me. <laughs> it's, it's... So am I, so welcome. <laughs> it's 747. <laughs> it is BS.show. You know who that was, Shelly? What? You know who that artist was that just sang? No. The Donut Liquor. Oh. <laughs> Snooze fast, Brad. <laughs> the Donut Liquor, Ariana Grande. You know what? It never gets old for me. You know that? You know... It never gets old. Oh, you get so mad. For at me. you, it never gets old. <laughs> For everybody, you know, I have people that send me that send me texts from time to time. Brad, favorite part of the show is when you play the donut liquor songs. I go, okay, I'll play more of those. That is not true. <laughs> it's true, and you know it. Okay, you know who Jeff Koons is? K O O N S. Um, I don't think. Talk a little bit more. What does he do? He's a famous artist. Matter of fact, um, he's uh, made. He's an artist. His sculptures that make they look like they're made out of balloons, and they're actually fragile. Okay, 
he had to the thought right he had one of his arts being one of his pieces of art being distributed at a at a at a, um, a gallery was a sculpture at art winwood i don't know where that's at matter of fact it was it was his balloon dog okay what um, it's that's what he called it. everything looks like oh uh, yeah it was at a contemporary art fair in miami the bell the bel air fine arts was displaying the pieces at its booth at art winwood contemporary art fair in miami okay and this it, he, he, I don't know how he does this, but everything looks like a balloon. So in other words, everything, you know, he does things. In other words, everything is, looks like it's like, you know, got like air in it, you know. So then he does it, and he, and he somehow, I don't know how he does it. They're like these fine sculptures, okay? A lady accidentally knocked it off his display stand, and it shattered on the floor. Did <laughs> she have to pay for it? I shouldn't laugh, but. Oh, surely <laughs> she had it, he had insurance for it. $42,000. Was it insured? Uh, uh, one R10, she, she knocked over $42,000 Coons piece Thursday, causing it to shatter. A blue, a blue balloons dog sculpture created by Coons broke into tiny shards when a visitor accidentally kicked its podium, according to the gallery hosting the piece. In a statement shared with CNN over email, the gallery's district manager, Cedric Borero, who was managing the Art Winward booth, told CNN that the gallery serves as, quote, one of the official representatives for the famous Jeff Coons balloons dog sculptures. Of course, it's heartbreaking to see such an iconic piece destroyed, said Borrero. He said the piece fell after an unnamed art collector visiting the booth unintentionally kicked the pedestal during the art fair's opening cocktail hour Thursday evening. Whoa, my God. The collector, quote, the collector never intended to break the sculpture. In fact, she never touched it with her hands, he said. It was the opening cocktail. Lots of people were on our booth. She gave unintentionally a little kick in the pedestal, which was enough to cause the sculpture to fall down. This kind of thing unfortunately happens. That is why the artwork was covered by insurance. There you, there's your answer to your question. The gallery shared photos Good. of sculpture and <laughs> reduced to scraps of ceramic laying on the floor. The pieces are currently waiting in a box to be evaluated by an insurance expert, according to the gallery. Bel Air Fine Arts added that some collectors have offered to purchase the broken pieces. Yeah, I'll give you a buck a piece for them. <laughs> yeah, I'll take, I'll take a big piece. Here's a buck. <laughs> you know it's funny because um, I have this sculpture of a peacock and it's a wall sculpture it's brass and it's huge and i got it off of uh craigslist for like 90 dollars. yeah you know 20 years ago right i never had a place to put it i just liked it because i like peacocks yeah and i thought okay it's time for me to say goodbye to this piece i've never put it up on the wall it's been to branson back my old location back and anyway so <laughs> i uh put it up on marketplace and for like 125 dollars and this woman texted me and said i don't think you know what you have i have to tell you that your piece is worth well over 125 dollars so did you sell it no i didn't i kept it what is it it's worth over four thousand. What is it? Is it a painting? No, it's a wired art sculpture. A wired art art sculpture. That's sculpture? on the wall. Did yes. you make it when you worked for it's the FAA? Wall art. Did wall you decor. did you make it out of old circuit boards and things like that? Joe, what you did with the FAA in free time? You soldered stuff together and made made sculptures. No, I, I could do that actually, <laughs> but no, this is actually from the fifties, and um, I just like peacocks. 
my whole practically my whole house is peacocks. So, so you work at NBC? Is that what you're telling me? No. See, once again, there's a perfect example. The male peacock is the one with the beautiful tail. The female t- peacock, nothing. See? Yeah, she's not. Not not she's like. She's not unfortunate looking, but yeah, the male peacock. She's not the male. The male peacock has has the showboat. You know what I mean? The female. Yes. Peacock, not so much. You know. But why yeah, is she kind of got? Why is it different? Uh, why is it different with humans? On the yeah. on the looks. Why is it different with humans? Why is I'm it? sorry, sir. Why is it different with humans? I didn't hear you. I'm so sorry. Why is it different with humans? It's the exact opposite. The males are the doofy looking well, ones. Well, we have to have some differences between <laughs> us and, and the and the females and the rest of the world. Don't you agree? It's like groundhogs. I'm sure that there are some people that are identifying as a peacock. Oh my God! Here we go. <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> yeah. I got in an argument yesterday with someone. I don't even want to say this on the air because of the fact that people will go like, I can't believe he said that. This whole crazy thing, you identify when I, you know what? I'm going to identify as a Ferrari. I'm not a man. Of course you are. Honey. I'm a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, put some gas in me, put some oil in me, and, and punch my accelerator, and I go 180 miles an hour. Plug me in. <laughs> no, that's that's the new that's the feed new, me bananas. That's the new generation of Ferraris. You know what? You know what's sad? All these supercars. They have Cadillacs. No, all, yeah, what? Well, are electric. Yeah, I know. Everybody's got something that's electric. And once again, it's the, electric. But the crazy thing about this is, I read something just last week to talk about. There's this guy who is this some electrical engineer, and he's saying like what I've said all along. He's saying California is going to go to hell in a handbasket because already they have problems with not enough power when everybody. But when all the cities, you know, make it illegal for you to have a gas stove and a gas furnace and stuff like that, you have to switch over to electric, and then you have to plug in your electric car, they're already having problems with the grid right now. Where's the electric coming from? You know, oh, we're going to Solar? Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't understand that. Nobody understands that. I mean, because of the fact, I shouldn't say nobody understands. Nobody understands how many solar panels. I told you the story. Remember, we talked about this on the air that yeah. the air conditioner in your house, if you're just going to run, Brad. if you're going to run the air conditioner in your house, just your air conditioner would probably take a hundred solar panels just to run your air conditioner. Okay, that's just your air conditioner. Where are you going to put us a hundred solar panels? Some people don't have it, and their house faces the wrong way. And other people, it's seven fifty nine. So we have to go. Say bye, Shelley. Bye, Shelley. Have a great day, everybody. Peace, and I fly. Oh, you stepped on her.
Have you heard about Salt River Automotive? Not only are we open for business and ready to serve you, we are sponsors of the BS in the Morning Show on Westplex 107.1. Check us out on Facebook at Salt River Automotive LLC. See you soon.